Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. Hey there, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to part two of our conversation with Ty Richardson. So my question to you is, what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Have you always been in HR? So I have always, well, actually, that's not true. I, I've done most of HR. I first started out, my very first job out of undergraduate was working with autistic children. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to go into clinical psychology. Um, I was in a residential school um, where I was dealing with kids who were severely disabled. Um, autism was their primary diagnosis. But um, that was a great life experience. But um, I actually got engaged while I was in that job, and I was only making about $13,000 a year. And I thought, I need to make a little bit more money than that if I'm going to have a family. Mm-hmm. So um, shifted and, and then quickly got into HR after that. But the one thing that I wish I had known earlier in my career is um, – this idea of just being authentic as you come into the workplace. I, early in my career, had felt, and some of it was self-imposed, but some of it was expectations that I think were given to me in some of the places that I worked about showing up a certain way at work. And there were certain expectations for what it was going to be mean to be successful. And I had to act a certain way or do certain things that just were not in full alignment with my own values, with um, the way that I believed was authentic in my communication style and the way that I worked. And, and um, you know, there, there's a balance in this because I think you need, you need to be authentic in who you are, but you also need to be willing to learn and grow and learn new skills and operate differently. Different circumstances require operating, you know, different jobs, different companies, different cultures require different things to be successful. But in the middle of all that, just really being comfortable in my own skin. Um, early in my career, I spent a lot of energy and time trying to be what I thought somebody else wanted me to be, to be successful. And, um, you know, frankly, in many cases, crashed and burned as I did that, um, right? I exhausted myself. Yeah, it's exhausting, right? And um, and so you know, that's one advice I would give to people early in their career is just spend enough time to be really centered on your own values and your own purpose and make sure that you're finding companies and you're finding teams that are aligned with that. Um, because life is short and we spend a lot of time at work. Um, and you want to be able to find those places that, um, that are consistent with who you are as a person. Yeah, so uh, one of our, our first interviews, Kathy Eads also kind of echoed that. And then hearing Jody Bilney speak yesterday as well, she's we spend way too much time at work not to have fun with yeah. the rest of our associates here. So having opportunities like this to be on a podcast and really bringing my, my authentic self to work, 
I love coming to work. I love logging in. And it just it's life changing when you can show up to work as yourself. So this I think it's a really powerful testament to Humana and our culture and and our leaders that allow us to do that. Yeah. And I also think it gives um, support for this idea that change is not a bad thing. Um, right, I've, I've um, we've recently as an organization are gone through some restructuring and obviously had some some impacts in our organization. And those, you know, as a human being, I really um, I really care about those people, right? And and care about people who are, you know the business has to make some really tough decisions around those. And I've been in that situation myself personally early in my career. And um, you know, for my own journey, when I was in that situation, it afforded me. It wasn't. I won't say it was a pleasant experience necessarily, right? It was really hard. Um, emotionally, it was really hard for lots of reasons. But what it did result in, that hardship resulted in me getting to a company, getting to a place that was better aligned with my values. It was better a, a better fit, frankly. And so some of those you know, tough circumstances sometimes can put you out of your comfort zone and get you to a place where you can find those opportunities to, to be aligned with who you are from an authentic perspective. So true. And change is good. You know, we're launching, uh, we have a big effort in our, being part of the culture team, we have an effort where we're uh, talking about change management with our leaders and, you know, and and how to um, help the associate understand and and for them to understand, you know, change is good, change is inevitable, and uh, just to know more about it and have the resources to to um, have for your associates that might be impacted or, or anything that's happening in their world that yeah, day. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think most people would say, I want to architect change for myself rather than change being done to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would venture to say that everybody at some point in their life has change done to them. And so getting comfortable with how am I going to respond? How am I going to adapt when that happens? How can I make sure that I'm staying positive and, and finding the good mm-hmm. um, in that situation versus over rotating mm-hmm. and getting into a negative spin. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, Jody Bilney yesterday, that was one of her, her um, main points was have a plan B so that you can fully invest in plan A. Yeah. And it just, uh, that resonated so much with me because it's not that your plan B is like, oh, get your plan B. It's just that, ha- know what that that um, other option might be so that you can not have to worry. I mean, we're, we're in a corporate space. I mean, it's, it's ever-changing. Healthcare is ever-changing and I talk to my my team a lot about this. This is the environment, and it's not. That's probably the only thing that's not going to change. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. it's going. You know, mm-hmm. and so we have to come to some terms of like acceptance that this is a, our environment, and if we're okay with that, have your plan B and just move forward. That's all. You know, that's all we can do. Yeah, I love that advice because it really does. That plan B gives you the confidence to really. Exactly show up authentically and commit in your yeah. plan A. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's it's not difficult at times. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that your resilience is like, you know, sometimes, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, like it's just hard to find the resilience sometimes, but we do, we get yeah. through it. <laughs> we do. And, and part of that is networking, would you yeah, say? Absolutely. And uh, so yeah. how important has networking been in your career? And do you have any recommendations on how folks can, uh, can or any tips to share? Yeah, I, so I think networking is is critical, um, and networking and mentoring. I, I will tell you part of the privilege that I've had in my career is I've had a couple of um, sponsors uh, who 
Um, you know, I certainly didn't deserve their sponsorship, but I had a couple of senior leaders that saw something in me and gave me opportunities to step up and do some new and different things that really helped leapfrog my career and put me in some different situations and give me different experiences. And um, and so that networking is really important. But I think that the the advice that I give people is when you're networking, make sure that you do it with with a degree of authenticity, right? Because I've seen a lot of people who network with a pretty um, kind of, at least the way they communicate their networking comes across as a very like, I'm in this network relationship for all about my own good, right? I wanna advance my career, it's all about me, me, me. And it's a very self-centered focus kind of networking approach versus an authentic networking where you can find connections with different people, find ways that are natural because of the job that I have or the interests that I have that make connections with different people. And, and really that connection is, I think, more important than even just the kind of generic term of networking. Um, because those natural connections, you know, I, I think horizontally in my work. You know, I, If my job requires that I engage with somebody in a different department, well, there's a great opportunity for me to go spend some time uh, with other people in that department to make sure that I'm understanding the dependencies that exist and the job that I have to do versus the job that perhaps they do. And, and those natural connections, I think, lead to new learnings, new relationships, and ultimately, potentially, you know, new career opportunities. And so I think networking is huge. Well, and kind of to leapfrog off of that, um, since you are in HR, could you give us some, some ways that we can help self-advocate for ourselves? Because I feel sometimes as women, it's really hard for us to raise our hand and celebrate our accomplishments or share those with our leaders. Do you have any advice or offer some different ways that we can do that? Oh, that's as, a, that's a as, tough question. I know, um, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. um, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think, first of all, I think, you know, something that I said earlier, there are a lot of resources that exist. So one just a very practical piece of advice I would give is make sure that you know what those resources are, the career cultivation that I talked about earlier, right? Um, make sure that you have... Um, you have a resume, that you, you have had somebody else review your resume, that you've kind of helped get some other advice and perspective of people on how do you make sure that you tell your story of the um, skills that you have, of the experiences that you have in the past. You've got to make sure that you um, can tell those stories in authentic ways, but that you've practiced it, right, so that it's concise and it's clear, um, but make sure that you spend that reflective time to um, under, you know, to be able to craft that story, to be able to understand what are my strengths, what are my development opportunities, and have an authentic and clear conversation around that so that when you get in those situations where there may be a new career opportunity or walking into an interview, that you're not doing that for the first time. Um, there are a lot of good resources out there to do that. And um, I know that the ambassadors have really been trying to work on this in the women's group is helping cultivate and develop your elevator pitch and being able to really share your, your strengths and also some of your passions, you know, with that 30 seconds of introducing yourself. Yeah. I would also say, you know, in that self-reflection time, I had a, a, a really great conversation with um, somebody recently about her own career. I was she had, she had interviewed for a job that I had open, and I was get, she didn't get the job, but I was giving her some feedback about, you know, how she'd shown up in the interview, and from a development perspective, how she could continue to improve. And she'd done a great job, but there were some some things that she could continue to improve on. And um, 
it was first of all, it was a great conversation. But in that conversation, she was very self-reflective about the reasons why she showed up that way, and really kind of got into a um, a pretty personal conversation about just the way that shame kind of played in her life and and how those things kind of showed up and how she showed up at work. And I thought the insight that she had on herself was amazing. And the fact that she could kind of reflect and understand the reasons of why she was showing up that way was so powerful because now she's enabled and equipped to make some deliberate choices in the next situation about, hey, recognizing that this may be a tendency, if I want to show up differently, then I can make that deliberate choice and practice that in the next time that I'm out interviewing. And so it was just a really constructive conversation. And I was really impressed with how much she had reflected on her own strengths and kind of reasons for why she was showing up the way that she was showing up. Well, and I think that speaks to the importance of that feedback. So to have a hiring manager actually provide the feedback to give you an idea of maybe what opportunities there are, that's huge and, and not always, you know, um, occurring, but definitely a best practice. Well, it needs to be an expectation. And <laughs> I will tell you that, um, you know, I'm we're going to work on ways to hold leaders accountable for doing that. But in the meantime, it absolutely should be. If you go through an interview, if the manager doesn't reach out and you don't get the job, if if the manager doesn't reach out to give you feedback, you reach out to that manager and you ask for feedback. It's It should be an expectation in every single interview that you go through. It's good. It's good to know. I mean, and that I think that I like the accountability on that, too. So mm-hmm. even if if that's not something that comes naturally to that hiring manager, it's it's your job as the interviewee to make sure you get the feedback. That's you are listening to This Humana Life with co-hosts Tara DeLucia, Carmen Pantoja Evans, Brittany LaMare, and our special guest. Be sure to text THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile or share with us on Yammer at go slash THL. I think an, another interesting point that I find with some of the women I work with is like in Workday, we do a lot of work in Workday, trying just to get them to like really highlight all the great things that they do. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to brag. I don't want to, you know, I just, I don't want it to come off wrong. I'm like, no, you know, this, this isn't a matter of humility. This is a matter of really being able to communicate and articulate how you bring value to the organization. So this this is not, you know, just helping women understand that there's a very big difference between being, you know, obnoxious and actually just saying, this is what I do and I do it well. So I know we do a lot of work on that. Yeah, that's that's important. I, I'm not going to get the name of this book right, but I was participating in a mentor circle recently, and I think I think the book was The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it was a it was I would put that book out there for people to to read because it addresses that same topic. And that team was engaging in that conversation to say, how can you authentically and confidently show up and and accurately share what your strengths are without it turning into bragging and being self centered? And I do think. Um, kind of your your mental frame on how you have that conversation, right? If you really are humble about it and you recognize that, you know, these are privileges and blessings that you've had in your life, there's ways to practice that communication that it absolutely can can be communicated effectively and clearly without it being seen as, as a bragging sort of a situation. Right, and I, and I should have said it, I, I do think there there is humility at the base of who we, sh- you know, yeah. how we should present ourselves. Absolutely. But I don't want that to be a reason like, oh, I, I need to be, you know what I mean? I don't want it to be distorted. Right. I guess that's yes. a better way to say it. But 
That's right. Well, and shout out to Tara here because something that I learned just from having the experience to work with you is you are your best advocate. And before, like without having somebody else kind of be like, no, this is this is what you need to be doing. If you are going above and beyond and you have like results and examples, document that. And because before I was like, oh, no, like it's just part of my job. But really, you need to start help self-advocating for yourself and making sure others are aware of of the work that you're doing. And documenting it. And that's very important because you do forget those tidbits that you've done along the way. And you're like, oh, yes, I do remember doing that. So very good documenting. Well, and with leaders in the past, um, BB Sun leaders that were less um, involved than others, send them a weekly update. You don't you don't need a response necessarily, but just keep, you know, keep your leader. I think it's our job as associates to ensure our leaders know what we're doing, not the other way around. Yeah. And so I always say, you know, send a weekly update, send a, a monthly update, just make sure that you're capturing the great work you're doing. And it also is like a good practice for building, um, you know, just being conscious of things like metrics or understanding like, oh, I, I do work with um, these different stakeholders. and I do have a reach that goes pretty far and it kind of, you know, builds up your confidence too. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think you're, I love your suggestion because practicing telling your story is yeah. really important. And that regular rhythm of sending your email updates is one way to practice. Get with a peer and, and get with a, a mentor or a coworker and, and practice. Hey, I'm, you know, I want to, I'm, going to go into an inter, you know, a performance review with my manager. I want to practice how I talk about what I've accomplished this year so that it's not the first time that you're in that conversation when you're doing it. So that practice is really key. One other quick thing that I would, um, I definitely want to put a plug in and hopefully everybody who's listening will take this action. Um, you mentioned Workday. You know, one of the ways of self-advocating is make sure in Workday you have filled out your skills and your profile within Workday. Um, there is a lot of advantage that will come for those who choose to do that because really as we move forward technology becomes the way of finding skills in the company and and identifying proactively who might have some of those skills and so it's a really easy way to self-advocate by making sure that your profile is complete you've listed all your experiences you've identified your skills and with that robust profile in workday it enables other people to start to find you without necessarily you even having to go out and do anything other than completing that res- that profile. Well, and I will say to the listeners, I've, I've heard this in the past, and I was always a little skeptical about how, I mean, Workday is a little different than maybe our previous system. Like, do people really, like, use that? But they do. I, you know, I, I received an email about one of my direct reports, and they have somebody they found through Workday because we've worked our butts off getting our Workdays looking nice. And sure, sure as heck, somebody reached out and said, this person is a candidate for this role. You know, are they interested? And I'm like, it works. Yeah. So it works. It, it works today. And I will tell you, it's going to increasingly work even more in the future because the way technology is going to continue to play in career navigation is going to get bigger and bigger. And so well, it's important. And I just – do you have any um, advice, best practices for – you just mentioned um, like – practicing your performance review and so I'd love to hear more about how you see the expectation of the associate or the leader and and what should be happening during that time ideally yeah well I think um you you've hit you've you've asked a great question that I have a lot of personal energy around because I think the way it happens today 
is it tends to be, it's back to my comment earlier about, you know, today we have an episodic performance management system, right? You set your goals at the beginning of the year, you do a mid-year performance, and then you do an end-of-year performance. And in that episodic review, then the focus becomes, hey, let me list the things that I'm, it's almost like an activity review um, versus a coaching conversation. And so we need to shift um, as we move forward. We need those conversations to happen more organically and naturally all the time, right? I love, I'm gonna go back to what you just said a minute ago about the weekly or bi-weekly or monthly email, right? You uh, Hopefully managers will start to pick up on that and not, not respond to that, right? But actually pick that up and say, hey, we're gonna have continuing conversations about what's going on in your world because work moves way faster than twice a year or once a year, right? And so, I mean, every, our work portfolios, the priorities, the ways things are shifting, that changes almost daily for all of us, at least certainly weekly, right? How the priority and, and something changes in the environment and all of a sudden we gotta slow this down and speed this up. And if you're not actively engaging in those conversations, then you're missing the opportunity um, to really stay connected with your leader about the contributions you're making and the value, and, and frankly, also then receiving some of that coaching. And so I think in a future world where I hope we grow into, is that coach, uh, managers become really great coaches. That managers aren't necessarily telling people what work to do or, or assigning a task, but it becomes much more of a question-oriented, you know, the, the, a person comes into a conversation and says, hey, let's talk about what's going on in my world. Here's things that are going well, but here's some questions that I have. And, and development then kind of naturally happens in the course of that performance conversation rather than it being some focus on just the things that I do. And so this idea of continuous development, I think, needs to become more and more infused in where we're heading. And not only just practicing with your peer, but even getting some feedback from them as far as what did I not add here? That's what right. did I not? And feedback meaning how you uh, present yourself to your leader. But there's also that feedback of, um, what do you think I'm good at? You know, what what else have that I'm not seeing about tooting your own horn uh, that I'm missing? Yeah. And so there'd be all the more reason to talk with your peer and ask them questions about how do they feel you perform um, as a peer. Yeah, feedback really is a gift. I know, I mean, mm -hmm. I've heard that a lot and sometimes that kind of feels cliche, but it really is. And I've even had conversations, I've experienced myself, you know, I. A meeting didn't go the way that I wanted to go. And, you know, people didn't react. I had this really great idea and I went in and I pitched this idea in the meeting and it just fell really flat. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you can leave that meeting and choose to be really discouraged because mm -hmm. your idea didn't get, you know, taken up. Or you can say, hey, that reaction is feedback and I can have this growth mindset to adapt and learn from it and come back and do better the next time. Yeah, well, and Beth Bierbauer always says, no just means not now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Um, Anything else that that you, you would have liked us to ask that we didn't get to? I always want to know what a story you don't tell often enough. I don't know. I tell a lot of stories. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> tell more. Um, you know, I probably um, don't tell enough stories about. I am pretty open. To, I, I talked earlier in in this conversation about our journey of adoption. Um, I probably don't talk often enough about the hardships of that journey. Um, I, parenting is hard in general. Um, adoption and foster bring some you know, particular challenges um, that, um, that are tough. And I think being real with some of those challenges um, 
is is super important. And it's easy for me to uh, show up at work and kind of pretend like everything's fine in my home life. And, you know, that stress shouldn't be coming into, into my workday. But to be comfortable saying, hey, listen, you know, I just had a really tough situation at, you know, we've got a tough school situation going on right now with one of my kids. Um, and it's stressful and it does impact my day to day work. And so being willing and comfortable to kind of come into my manager and say, hey, listen, I've got this going on in my life and you don't need to worry about it. It's all fine. But just in case, you know, you notice me, you know, operating differently, like there's some, there's some things going on and being comfortable sharing that is is something that I probably need to practice and, and do more of. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us, Ty Richardson. And uh, we've learned so much. We have a lot of takeaways, uh, some great resources to make note on on our uh, episode notes. And uh, so thank you for sharing your knowledge and sharing your vision. And will you come back? I would be delighted to come back. (laughs) And one one plug I'll put in for anybody who is listening, if if, if you are a male, I want you to um, think about those act- calls to actions that we talked about earlier, to be open, to lead by example, to get active, and to get involved. Wow. Very okay. nice. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our humanist stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this humana life. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.